I invite you to think back for a few moments, those of you who attended services here in person prior to the pandemic or maybe attended another Unitarian Universalist congregation, to think back. And for others of you who may not have experienced this in person to imagine, now the piece of each service, which we call the chalice lighting. The symbol and meaning of the flaming chalice in Unitarian Universalism is the topic for another sermon. But for right now, I just want us to remember or imagine back before Zoom services, when we were meeting in person in the sanctuary, we would call forth a person or people, a family perhaps, to come forward to light the chalice. The chalice you saw on the slide earlier. Very simply to come forth and to carry a flame from a smaller candle or a lighter used for that purpose or a match to carry a flame to the wick of the candle that sat within the chalice. Every service. If I had to pick one part of those services where I can almost guarantee everyone is paying attention, it is those moments. It doesn't matter who is lighting the chalice, doesn't matter how practiced or not the person or people involved in the activity are, how skilled or not they are in the handling of candles or the use of matches or the proper technique for these handy-dandy multi-purpose lighters that work perfectly until that fateful moment. doesn't matter how many dozens, hundreds, thousands of times people have seen this activity taking place. doesn't matter. Everyone's eyes are pointed toward the chancel, focused on the chalice and the flickering light that moves toward it, many leaning forward as if to help but breathlessly so as not to prematurely extinguish the delicate flame that is about to meet the wick of the candle. It is drama every time. And I wonder what that is. Do we really think there is a possibility, even though we have witnessed a multitude of successful chalice lightings over the years, that this time we may fail to achieve the flame in the phrase flaming chalice. Granted, we have encountered some hiccups in the process. Sometimes we fail to prepare before the service and have not lit the tea-like candle from which to carry the flame with a taper candle. Sometimes we cannot find the matches, or we do find one of those boxes which has a badly worn striking pad. Sometimes we discover that it may not just be technique, but lack of fuel in one of those handy-dandy multi-purpose lighters. Sometimes flames are inadvertently blown out by the sigh of relief the chalice lighter gives upon successfully lighting the candle in the first place. Sometimes the candle within the chalice has been used one too many times and has not been replaced, leaving its wick sunken so far down within the candle that it is virtually unreachable without a blowtorch. Sometimes your minister is called into duty and finds that presenting a sermon is much less nerve-wracking than trying to simply light this chalice without incident. 
or without his hands shaking with the pressure of the moment. There are hiccups in the process. And though we may have once thought that virtual reality is less fraught with unwelcome possibilities, safely presenting photos unlit and lit of our chalice in a slide presentation while we read the words or showing a video of a family lighting their chalice at home and one presumes they would not send us the outtakes when they just couldn't get the darn thing lit. Though these seem to be safe from the vagaries of chance that surround a live chalice lighting, well, given the technical troubles of last Sunday and a little bit this Sunday and some scattered Sundays across this year, we all know that this virtual gathering is not so protected from those aforementioned hiccups in the process. So we may be leaning forward from our respective locations, even so. I want to share a quick video with you. We kindle the flaming chalice, symbol born of a story of daring and hope, of sacrifice and service that made love visible and gave it flesh. We kindle the fire of our faith, ritual that calls across time and space to give new life to the promise. To put an end to injustice, to heal what is broken, and to create love in its every form. That was David and Asher Miller-Sneeden lighting the chalice at the Sunday worship of General Assembly in 2015. That's what I'm talking about. Did you find yourself leaning forward? I've watched that now numerous times in preparation for this service, and each time still I am breathless waiting for that chalice to be lit and celebrating with everyone else, and most especially with Asher at the light. There is something here that I want to hold on to, something symbolic about that act of lighting the chalice, something about being confident that the flame will be lit and yet not taking it for granted, being confident that there is profound goodness in the world but not complacent, even so, something about trusting there is a love to which we belong, which holds us all, and still leaning forward in kindness 
and compassion at every opportunity. Something about another world's being possible, meaning also possibly not, which is terrible grammar, but hopefully you know what I mean. Another world is possible, which means that there are other possibilities which do not include that world of which we dream. Yesterday was the commemoration of the 20th anniversary of the horrific events of 9-11. Amid the violence and the terrible suffering that arose from that day, and I do not mean in any way to dismiss those realities, Still, in the weeks and months that followed, there was also a feeling among many that another world was possible. This country, this culture, no longer insulated or isolated from the world, no longer living the illusion of complete security as a superpower, this country may be able to establish a different sort of relationship with a world that was, in large part, with us in our grief and in our recovery. That we may be able to set different priorities as we were reacquainted with what really matters in our personal and social lives. That we may be able to start taking down walls between classes and races and cultured with the, re- with the renewed sense of our oneness in the face of such tragedy. What do we do with a chance? The possibility of another world was quickly foreclosed with declarations of with us or against us. And we'll fight them over there so we don't have to fight them here. With calls to action that focused on shopping as a patriotic duty. Far from embracing the inherent risk of living, the illusion of complete security became the focus with the eerily named Homeland Security Department. Such that in talking about the legacy of 9-11 today, the most often mentioned item is that now we take off our shoes at airports. Another world? Possibly. And alas, possibly not. What did we do with that chance? What do we do with the chance that is offered now. In 1965, Martin Luther King Jr. said to those involved in the struggle for civil rights, I know you are asking today, how long will it take? How long? Not long, because the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. As famous phrases go, that's right up there. And what King did there was streamline and provide a little more punch to some words from an 1853 sermon by Unitarian minister Theodore Parker called Of Justice and Conscience, where Parker said this, I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The arc is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve 
and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience. And from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. You see what I mean? Not quite the same punch as King. A little more roundabout, a little hesitant, right? I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure. From what I see, it is not so much a proclamation as a speculation or a meditation. And yet there is a way in which that speaks to me, and I am cognizant of my privileged identity and my location to the work, but it speaks to me more profoundly than even King's inspiring and inspired abridgment. I see the bending of the arc of the moral universe toward justice as a distinct possibility. And the question is, what will we do with the chance? Barack Obama speaking on the 40th anniversary of King's death in a speech on April 4th, 2008, spoke to what I am trying to say. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. But here is the thing, he said, it does not bend on its own. It bends because each of us in our own ways put our hand on that arc and we bend it in the direction of justice because we organize and we mobilize, we march, we vote. So let us each do our part to bend that arc. Let's bend it towards justice. Let's bend that arc towards opportunity. Let's bend that arc towards prosperity for all. And if we can do that and march together as one nation and one people, then we'll be making real the words of the Hebrew prophet Amos that Dr. King invoked so often. Let justice roll down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. The progressive Jewish organization Bend the Ark with an active San Luis Obispo chapter gets its name from these same ideas as referenced on their website. It says, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, inspired by Reverend Theodore Parker, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. We know that change doesn't happen on its own. We each have a role to play. In other words, that bend in the arc of the moral universe provides an opportunity. It offers a chance. It is less a proclamation than an invitation into action, a possibility. There's a part of me that feels that we need to reclaim the humble spirit, even the uncertainty of Parker's statement, if we are to persist, resist, and rejoice in the work that lies ahead. We do not pretend to understand the moral universe, and still we continue in the work. We cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight, and still we continue in the work. From what we see, from what we feel, from what we can comprehend, from what we can divine by our conscience, even in the face of all we don't know, still we continue the work. We belong to the love, but loving is still just a possibility, and so we lean forward 
in compassion. We can believe that another world is possible, which means there is a chance. And what do we do with a chance? You see, chances are good that one way or another, the chalice will be lit each Sunday. Your minister will work through technical difficulties. The chalice will be lit, and still we lean forward, joining together around the chalice light. Because keeping the flame of this chalice alive with all it represents of our highest aspirations and our recognition of our connections to one another and all of life, keeping the flame alive is still just a possibility one which we embrace each time we gather, leaning forward into the work of our mission, breathless. Breathless. And celebrating delight.